Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. We're back with the second episode that is going to pick up on chapter three of my book, You Can Be Fit. If you are interested in hearing the book, you can go back to the previous episode, episode 74, where I recorded the introduction, chapters one and two. And today we're going to cover chapters three, four, and five. Hope you enjoy. Cruise into fitness. Choosing a goal and sticking to it changes everything. Scott Reed. Cruise into fitness. Eat your way to your best shape ever. Chris started the year, like many other people, hoping to lose a few extra pounds and get in better shape. The usual New Year's resolution. In January, Chris weighed 372 pounds. He signed up at the gym and began 2008 with a strict workout regimen and a low-calorie diet. After a couple of months, Chris had lost 30 pounds, but then he hit the wall, that plateau as it's called in the fitness world. When Chris enrolled for one of my nutrition sessions, he was astonished at what I told him. He was eating too little. I put him on a specific meal plan based on his body composition and his workouts then gave him a software program that makes it easy to track calories and other nutrients. I explained the importance of fueling your body the way your metabolism needs and processes food. It's all about awareness. Simply being aware of the food that enters your body and how many calories it contains is a profound stride towards controlling your weight. Most of us have to schedule meals around our daily work, school, and family social obligations, and various other commitments. Society has trained us to eat three meals a day, usually with the heaviest emphasis on dinner. It has become more convenient to be unhealthy than healthy. The changes I suggested immediately for Chris were, one, to eat five meals a day, two, to divide his daily caloric intake equally among those five meals, and three, to eat a balance of protein, fat, and carbohydrates which was determined by his body weight and activity level. I also convinced Chris to try a TWC fitness camp, which began six weeks later. By the time the training camp started, Chris had already lost 20 more pounds, primarily by changing his eating habits. This weight loss inspired Chris to commit fully to his fitness goals. During the camp, he received the guidance he needed to get the most from his workouts, and by May 15th, Chris had lost 70 pounds. In June, he participated in our Biggest Loser program at 5.15 p.m. outside in the summer heat, and he finished as a co-champion of the program. Chris was on fire and didn't want to stop. He signed up for another camp during the second half of the summer. By September 1st, Chris had lost a total of 108 pounds. With the entire community rooting for him, Chris started speaking for groups about what fitness means to him, what he can do now that he couldn't do before, and how losing weight has affected his life. Will he regain the weight? It's possible, of course, but because he's eating healthy and exercising right, Chris is already over the wall, and going back now would take a drastic change, like giving up completely. Now he's not just doing it for himself, He's doing it for everyone who believes in him. Obviously, 
It was the total program that enabled Chris to succeed with such amazing results. And having a specialized training program helped him to get the most from his workouts. But Chris's commitment to a nutrition plan played a huge role in losing 108 pounds in eight months. Set sail for ports within reach. Have you ever thought about sailing around the world? Maybe not recently. Maybe not seriously. But for the most of us, even non-sailors like me, the notion has at least crossed our minds. Sailors who embark on a round-the-world trip expect to be at sea for months. Before setting sail, they make a chart of their journey, marking all the ports they plan to visit along the way. Then, they estimate the distance between ports and how far they can sail on an average day. Without that chart, who knows where they would end up? When you start a fitness program, charting a course that's specific, exhilarating, and physically possible ensures that you'll land exactly where you want to be and have fun along the way. So my second easy strategy for assuring that your fitness and nutrition program will pay off for you is this. Easy fitness strategy number two, set realistic goals with interim benchmarks based on a practical fitness plan. By realistic, I don't mean you shouldn't aim high. And you should continuously push a little harder after reaching every benchmark. In fact, setting a new goal at every benchmark is extremely important. Here's what realistic means. Avoid crash diets that promise fast weight loss but usually result in gaining more weight later. It's safe and realistic for the average person to expect 1 to 2 pounds of weight loss per week. Don't burn yourself out. Don't attempt to work out every day if your schedule doesn't allow it. Take off your blinders to enjoy the trip. I know, I know, you've tried goal setting before, and you're either a believer or you're not. If you typically set goals in other areas of your life, you've probably already been thinking about your fitness goals. On the other hand, if setting goals is about as likely for you as doing your own brain surgery, then maybe you're one of the 50% who get motivated by solving problems. One of my clients during an annual visit to her doctor, learned that she had signs of high cholesterol, high blood sugar, and high blood pressure, which greatly increased her risk of diabetes and heart disease. All of this was an eye-opener for her. She said, I need to do something. I don't want to become diabetic. While that may not sound like a proper goal, it was exactly the motivation she needed. Becoming diabetic was a problem she could solve with preventative action that includes proper nutrition, exercise, and weight loss. She knew that every time she ate sweets, every time she drank a soda that she might once have enjoyed, or every time she decided to miss a workout, she was moving towards diabetes. But every time she passed on dessert, every time she showed up for her workout, she was resolving her pre-diabetic problem. And she did it. She lost 50 pounds. At 70 years old, that's a major accomplishment. She feels years younger, and people around town hardly recognize her now. So if you're inclined to cover your eyes every time someone mentions goal setting, take off the blinders and think about how you can describe your fitness objectives as an interesting problem to solve. Do whatever puts wind in your sails. A realistic goal for one individual would not work at all for someone with a different lifestyle and physical makeup. 
Every training program I design is specific to a particular client with a particular desire for change. Even someone who is already disciplined needs motivational goal setting to keep going. My goal, for example, might be to work out seven days a week, make every meal a perfect balance of protein, carbs, and fat, and run a 26.2 mile marathon. For the past two years, I've been running three days a week, and I feel strong enough to run with just about anyone. But 26 miles is tough, so even in hot summer weather, I keep running because I know that every time I miss my run, I'm going away from my goal, and I really want to complete that marathon. Anyone just starting a fitness program would find my goals so far out of reach they couldn't imagine going for them, much less hitting them. I've had clients who found it challenging to walk up a single flight of stairs without breathing heavy. They're carrying a lot of extra weight, their resting heart rate is around 100 beats per minute, and for this person, a first realistic benchmark goal might be to walk up those stairs with ease. The next goal might be to carry a load of packages upstairs with ease. For many of my clients though, the one thing that puts wind in their sails is the promise of weight loss. When your body gets the nutrition and exercise it needs, your metabolism will kick in and your body will seek its ideal weight. A realistic goal for these clients is to stabilize their nutrition and begin an exercise program. Another realistic goal is to maintain a present lifestyle. I've had clients tell me, Charlie, I don't wanna gain weight. I'm 30 years old and I've noticed a few extra pounds and I wanna stop gaining weight. So they set the goal of maintaining their present weight. Six months later, if they're maintaining the weight, they've succeeded. Chances are, they also feel stronger, healthier, and have reduced their body fat. A new benchmark goal might be to lose a few pounds, or it might be something entirely different, like cruising to Italy and having the stamina to bike the Italian countryside. Imagine if at age 30, everyone set a goal not to gain weight and accomplish that goal. What a healthier world we would have. Enjoy the journey. When it comes to eating well, attitude is everything. The word diet usually makes us cringe as we imagine giving up all the foods we like and feeling hungry all the time. There's no magic pill that will allow you to stuff your tummy with high calorie food at every meal and not gain weight. There's no magic formula that will wipe out all the fat and carbs you consume every time you chow down at your favorite fast food stop. But if you open your mind, to all the foods available in an average supermarket, you'll find plenty to enjoy on a healthy eating plan. By choosing the foods you like from the wide variety of healthy foods available, you can enjoy every day of your journey into fitness. The secret lies in balancing the fats, carbs, and protein, eating five to six meals a day at regular intervals, and controlling your portion sizes. Changing your eating habits can be an interesting adventure instead of an unpleasant task. View it as doing a good thing for yourself. Start with a positive attitude of optimism, excitement, and commitment. Then have fun exploring the possibilities. Each week, when you shop for food, look for a few healthy new items to sample. Try one new recipe each week. Heat up the grill. Grilling is a healthy way to cook. takes less time than you might think and you won't have a sink full of pots to wash afterwards. Indoors or out, most meats, veggies, 
and even fruit cook up great on the grill. Replace a favorite food choice that no longer fits your eating plan with a healthy food that has the same texture or aroma or that satisfies the same taste sensation. Sweet, salty, spicy, sour, or bitter. Eating well and healthy is a lifetime change, not a short-term diet. So it makes sense to put sufficient time into creating your eating plan and the menus you will enjoy. Remember, those 20 breakthrough pounds Chris lost just by changing his eating habits? Your commitment to a nutrition plan will guarantee a higher payoff from your fitness program. And applying fitness strategy number two, setting realistic goals, will ensure that you won't fall off the boat without a life jacket. In chapter four, we'll explore a third strategy. This one will keep you sailing a smooth sea towards success. It is amazing how much crisper the general experience of life becomes when your body is given a chance to develop a little strength. Frank Duff. Chapter 4. The kindest negatrons knock you off course. When you set goals, something inside of you starts saying, let's go, let's go, and ceilings start to move up. Zig Ziglar. The kindest negatrons knock you off course. In Wichita Falls, Texas, temperatures often soar to over 100 degrees throughout the summer. Despite the heat, more than 9,000 bicycle riders show up every August to participate in an intense 100-mile race called the Hotter in Hell 100. Jennifer, a single mom in her early 30s, had three goals when she started training with me. Her first goal was to maintain the 30 pounds she had already lost. Her second goal was to be consistent with her workouts. Even though her flourishing real estate business and her two active children absorbed all of her time. Her third goal was to compete in the Hotter in Hell 100. She loved to bike and this was a challenge she really wanted to tackle. Mentally, Jennifer was ready, but she needed someone to hold her accountable to her workouts. I helped her set fitness goals with monthly benchmarks that would gradually take her to where she needed to be physically to participate in such an intensive ride. Like many of us, Jennifer's biggest obstacle was time. From sunrise until the moment she fell into bed at night, exhausted, she was running at full speed to simply manage her life, her career, and her family. The only way she could be certain of fitting regular workouts into her schedule was to plan them in advance each month before other important responsibilities could fill up on her calendar. Then Jennifer relied on me for accountability, not only in her workouts, but also in staying faithful to her nutrition plan. For busy people, the nutrition component is often the trickiest to manage. When you're tired from a day's work and you know that whatever is in the refrigerator at home will require at least 20 minutes of preparation, all those fast food restaurants you pass along the way seem to reach right out and pull you in. Part of my job was to help Jennifer overcome her time obstacles and stay focused on the goal. I designed a fitness program that consistently addressed and increased her core strength, flexibility, and aerobic capacity. I introduced her to the simple nutrition guidelines that would support her goals. Then I encouraged her to commit to the program, which we did. Within two years, Jennifer not only completed the Hotter in Hell 100, but also participated in two MS-150 bike rides and a marathon relay. That took focus. 
which is the next important strategy for ensuring that your fitness training and nutrition get you to where you really want to be. Target the flag. When I started school at Texas A&M, my dad, who's a golfer, told me that if I wanted to succeed in college, I should target the flag. I didn't play golf at the time, but I got it. When you think of a pro golfer on the tee box, there's so many distractions, the water, the trees, the sand, but the only thing a professional golfer focuses on is the flag, where the hole is. That's the only place he wants to go. In college, what separates a student who does well from one who doesn't? A 2.0 GPA from a 4.0 GPA? A student who's always in trouble from one who isn't? Focus. Teeing off and focusing on that flag that is so far away. This is why I made my next strategy about focus. Easy fitness strategy number three. Target the flag, ignoring all the obstacles along the way. When you're focused on a goal, every obstacle on the sidelines fades into non-existence. All your energy and concentration is aimed at that bright target you see ahead of you. You breathe, you take control, and you give it your best swing to follow through. Every golfer dreams of hitting a hole in one, but the pros are happy just to land on the green because from there the target is closer, clearer, and a great deal easier to hit. In starting a fitness program, your goals may seem out of reach at first. That's why benchmarks are so important. Let's say you want to lose 80 pounds. Hey, that's a lot of weight. A good average weight loss is 8 to 10 pounds per month, which means you need to allow at least 8 months to reach that 80-pound goal. So perhaps you set your first benchmark at 8 pounds. That's absolutely achievable, right? And for anyone who needs to lose just a few pounds, a 3 to 5-pound goal is even smarter. Or maybe your first big goal is to shape up for a trip your family plans to take hiking and rafting through Big Bend State Park. You'll be turning 40 this year, and you've noticed that you get winded easier than you did in earlier days. You want to enjoy every moment of that trip, and you also want to enjoy good health in the years ahead. But this month, your family is celebrating two birthdays, which means plenty of food. And there's a big graduation party planned for your niece. More food. Then your boss invites you to a gourmet dinner, where you received an unexpected promotion. Great news, but it comes with an increased time commitment. Longer days, more responsibility, which means less time for meal planning and working out the way you had planned. Every one of those exciting situations poses a potential obstacle to your goal. But if you target the flag, if you stay sharply focused on the healthy body you really want, those obstacles fall away. Aim straight down the fairway. In golf, the fairway is that stretch of closely mown turf between the tee and the green. On either side, it's rough, uncut grass, sand, water, and other traps that punish a player who lands there. In fitness, as in golf, avoiding traps is chiefly a matter of focus and planning. Take charge of your clock and your calendar, or they can knock you into the rough. Fitness obstacle number one, social engagements. Eating lunch with your friends is enjoyable, and maybe you love the kind of food their favorite restaurant serves, but it doesn't fit your eating plan. Just keep in mind that most restaurants will accommodate special requests, 
such as serving all sauces and dressings on the side or loading your plate with steamed veggies instead of buttered noodles. Think ahead, then ask your server for help in getting a meal you enjoy that also supports your fitness goal. Fitness obstacle number two, fractured schedule. One day you're meeting with clients at 6 a.m. The next day you work through lunch and drag home after a long day and your family's already in bed. How do you plan nutritious meals around such a schedule? The clock can be a huge obstacle in any fitness program. So my clients keep emergency meals on hand, a handful of dry roasted almonds with an apple or a healthy protein shake to stave off hunger and temptation. The reason your mid-morning and mid-afternoon meals are so important is that they prevent you from overeating and making wrong decisions later. They also keep your metabolism fired up. Fitness obstacle number three, food cravings. You grew up eating pizza, barbecue ribs, and banana pudding. You can eat chicken okay, and you choke down the vegetables that appear on your plate. But soon afterward, you're craving some down-home dessert. What do you do? Nutritious treats can be just as tasty as high-calorie sweets. Fruit is nutritious and naturally sweet. Try some frozen grapes in the summertime, baked apples in the winter, or yogurt parfait anytime. Retraining your palate may take some work, but you can do it. It all starts with focus and an attitude of adventure. Spend a couple hours browsing the grocery aisles. I guarantee you'll find some delicious treats that will satisfy not only your taste, but also your fitness program. Fitness obstacle number four, your sweet Aunt Emily. Every Sunday, your family goes to a favorite relative's house for dinner. It's hard enough to pass up on the potatoes and gravy, but then she hands you a bowl of her homemade cobbler, which she baked especially for you because she knows how much you love it. Turning it down seems heartless, doesn't it? If your Aunt Emily cares about you, She'll listen when you tell her in advance and ask her to help you with your commitment to a nutrition plan. Then, if she still serves you cobbler, she'll understand when you smile and say, thanks and it smells good, but I'll pass. Fitness obstacle number five, all other well-intentioned negatrons. You don't look fat to me. Here, one little piece won't hurt you. Are you going to the gym again? You'll miss our favorite TV show. What are you going to live on? Salad and canned tuna? What kind of life is that? I read that too much weightlifting can be worse than not enough. Running can give you shin splints. You can exercise and diet tomorrow. Tonight we are celebrating. You've heard of them all, haven't you? Our most well-intentioned friends and family can knock our fitness program right off its rails. Staying focused on the goal takes discipline. Discipline is one of those words that can make us cringe because it sounds like a lot of work. But the truth is, discipline is easy when it's fueled by your desire to have the body you really want or your fear of the dangers ahead of you if you ignore your body's health and fitness. Fear and desire are the two basic human drivers from which all other emotions germinate. Love, anger, enthusiasm, anxiety, joy, sorrow, pride. They all stem from these two very powerful forces. When you focus on your goal with the power of fear or desire driving you, 
you'll bypass all the obstacles lining up along the fairway. Success means you're consistently practicing the right strokes. The greatest thing about staying on course with your workouts and eating habits is that success comes long before you reach your ultimate goal. You begin looking and feeling better almost immediately. And with each benchmark you pass, the benefits keep piling up. I want you to benefit from exercise and nutrition the way I have. Thinking back to how I looked and felt in high school, I know that my future could have turned out very differently. But after experiencing what it's like to feel strong, healthy, and energetic in mind and body, there's no way I will ever go back to not exercising and not eating right. That's the feeling I want to pass on to you. If I could mix that up in a bottle, I'd give it to you. Believe me, I would. But it's not going to happen like that. Wow, I woke up this morning and I have the discipline. I love to exercise. I love to eat right. I wish it were that easy. The way it actually happens is you have to do it first. You have to put in the effort, practice the strokes. You don't quite feel that burning desire, but you have to do it anyway. And you have to do it over and over. You have to build up to that feeling until one day the discipline and the desire are just there. You wake up and you can't imagine not doing it. That feeling is one of the best feelings in the world. It spills over into every area of your life, your business, your relationships, everything. When you feel really good about yourself, you're equipped to take on any challenge. You can have a problem or get some bad news, but when you're okay with you, everything else falls in line. Perfection is not the goal. Even Tiger Woods hits one in the sand trap occasionally. When you apply strategy number three, target the flag, ignoring all obstacles along the way, you can't help but make steady progress towards your goals. In chapter five, we'll discuss a strategy that will help you to your fitness goal with fewer missteps. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. All that matters is where you're going. Brian Tracy. Chapter five, say hello to your metabolism. Energy is a choice and it's free. Charlie Lima. Say hello to your metabolism. Daniel was living in Phoenix in April of 2003 when he met a doctor at an Easter get-together who spoke very highly of a diet called the Protein Sparing Modified Fast. The doctor attributed many success stories to this diet, especially among her patients who were morbidly obese. Daniel, at the time, weighed 310 pounds. The doctor seemed to know what she was talking about, so Daniel decided to meet with her in June of 2003 and try out her program. The diet consisted of 14 ounces of lean meat and 12 ounces of vegetable split into four meals per day. That's about 600 total calories for a man weighing over 300 pounds. Talk about starvation. In the first month, Daniel lost 30 pounds. And by April of 2004, less than a year later, he had lost 106 pounds. Wow but the diet was highly restrictive, not only in calories, but in the essential fats and carbohydrates the body needs for energy. Nobody can expect to live on this type of diet forever. In fact, doctors who prescribe it generally consider the PSMF safe for only about three months or less. In April of 2004, now pleased to be weighing only 204 pounds, Daniel resumed his regular eating habits. 16 months later, in August of 2005, 
he was back up to 288 pounds. He had regained 84 pounds. When he came to see me in February of 2008, Daniel, now in his 40s, weighed 286 pounds and was carrying 46% body fat. I prescribed 2,400 calories a day, which is Daniel's basal metabolic rate. A body his size needs that amount of nutrition just to maintain organ, brain, and muscle function. But Daniel's metabolism is so out of whack because of his inconsistent diet in the past that it's now challenging for him to lose weight. Over the six months that he has trained with TWC, Daniel has reduced his body fat by 11%, a total of 30 pounds of fat. He's gained 33 pounds of muscle and has lost seven total inches. He shows significant improvement in all areas of our fitness assessment for strength and endurance. He feels stronger, but his weight has remained the same. Metabolism rules. I hear people say, when I was 18, I could eat anything and still feel good and not gain weight. At 30, everything changed. Now I'm 40 and whatever I eat seems to turn to fat. Each person expresses a different age when everything changed. But almost everyone claims to have hit some sort of plateau where they no longer could eat anything. Not only did they start gaining weight, but they no longer had the energy and good health they once enjoyed. Often, they'll blame it on a slower, less efficient metabolism. In the first 18 to 20 years of your life, all the food your metabolism processed went towards growth. You were an infant, then a child, then you turned into an adult. That cheeseburger helped you grow your leg. That milkshake helped you grow your elbow. Even the potato chips were processed and turned into energy. As you grew, you could eat more because you were fueling growth and burning the food fast. Not to mention, those were the days of recess, PE, and endless hours playing outdoors. As a full-grown adult, which for a female is age 16 to 20, and for a male is age 18 to 22, you were no longer burning calories while you were sleeping and growing taller. You became responsible for burning those extra calories through exercise. Your metabolism stopped playing around and assumed its grown-up place as the ruler of your fuel burning and storage processes. This is about the time people first start noticing a change in their weight. All the same, active young adults can get by for quite a while not watching what they eat because they're burning off most of that food year by year. You start burning less and storing the rest. Your metabolism is in vacation mode. If you continue eating the same and don't exercise, you're going to accumulate fat. Easy fitness strategy number four. Enroll your metabolism by fueling your body the way it wants to be fueled. Put your metabolism to work. I want you to think of metabolism as your employee. Every time you eat a meal, your employee goes to work and processes the food you take in. The speed at which your body burns food defines your employee's efficiency. Whether your metabolism is fast or slow is determined primarily by the quality of the food you consume. If you eat a meal of fruit, vegetables, maybe some chicken, metabolism barely has to work at all. This food is fast-burning, high-energy fuel. Metabolism takes care of it quickly and efficiently. Then, later, you eat some fried food, maybe some chips, or you eat a ribeye steak, ribbon with fat, a baked potato with cheese, butter, and the works. Now you're making that metabolism work hard. Not only are you feeding it, 
slow burning, low quality fuel, you're also putting more food into your body than metabolism can handle at one time. You're asking this highly valued employee to cram 50 hours of labor into a three to five hour period, usually allowed for digestion before you consume your next meal. This is slow, hard work, and metabolism's efficiency drops way down. Even the most vigorous employee can be overburdened. Typically, that's what overeating is. Do this once a year at Thanksgiving and your employee will recover after a few days. Do it once a week when you see your sweet Aunt Emily at her house for Sunday dinner and your faithful employee, besides being wiped out on Monday morning, will have to find somewhere to stash all the extra calories. Do it once a day and that's when metabolism goes on strike. Metabolism never quits completely. It just hits burnout. If I was that employee being fed junk for 40 years, I'd slow down too. Charlie, I am done. You're on your own. At this point, if you're not exercising, if you're not taking the initiative to burn those extra food calories on your own, you will begin to store more fat than ever before. We all struggle with some type of metabolism issues. I've heard people tell me they can't lose weight no matter how hard they try. They eat perfect meals. They work out. If I dig deep enough though, I'll usually uncover a time in the past when they seriously mistreated their body's favorite employee. If it wasn't by junk food and poor nutrition, if it wasn't by overeating heavy rich foods, then maybe it was by starvation. Picture a person stranded on an island with only a small parcel of provisions. That person will hoard every tiny bit of food and try to make it last. This is exactly what metabolism does when you suddenly stop feeding it enough calories to properly maintain your brain, muscles, and internal organs. It slows down, stops burning the food you eat as efficiently, and hoards it to prevent starvation. I would never put a 280-pound man on a 600-calorie diet. That person needs 2,000 to 2,400 calories a day just to exist. So if you try to starve yourself, you will slow your metabolism. And if you overeat, your metabolism slows down to process the extra food. The only way to boost your metabolism to its highest efficiency is to feed it small amounts of high-quality food throughout the day. Metabolism remembers. If there was a time in your life when you deprived your body of food because you thought that would make you thinner, you can bet your metabolism was upset. It didn't like that part of your life. And later, when you tried that again to lose weight, it remembered that earlier time. When it comes to nutrition, there's a saying, you start a new diet because the first one let you down. For some people, losing weight has been a lifelong challenge. They try one diet after another, some of them very restrictive of calories or carbohydrates. And most of these diets were not designed for long-term use for high nutritive value. Some diets even rely on drugs or supplements as appetite suppressants. As a person bounces back and forth from diet to diet, they lose weight for a while, even a great deal of weight, but they usually gain it back. Often with a few extra pounds, once they resume their normal eating habits, then at the onset of the new diet, your body memory recognizes the signs of deprivation, like a big yellow warning light flashing, slow down, slow down and instructs metabolism to burn fewer calories. Later, when the normal food supplies resume, 
you gain weight easier because metabolism is already working very slowly and your body memory guards itself against future starvation by keeping this low metabolic rate for months or possibly even years. During that time, you can find it harder to lose weight than ever before. When someone comes to me overweight and I learn they've been on a highly restrictive diet at some point in the past, I know it's going to take a lot of work for them to retrain their metabolism and meet their goals. Starvation diets, or diets that fundamentally restrict any of the essential nutrients, can do tremendous damage. You're the boss of your metabolism. You have control over your metabolism. It's your decision what foods you put into your body and how hard you make metabolism work. I said earlier that your metabolism has more to do with the quality of food you eat than with your age or your genetics. Metabolism is also substantially affected by number one, your body composition, which is the amount of fat opposed to muscle you have. A person with more muscle burns more calories because muscle is active tissue. Number two, how much exercise you get. Aerobic exercise, such as walking, biking, or swimming, increases your metabolism and can keep it going for several hours after you stop exercising. Exercising both aerobic and anaerobic, which could be considered strength training, also reduces body fat and increases muscle mass, which is active tissue. Number three, how you eat, how much you eat, and how often you eat. Calories are only part of the equation. Eating nutritiously balanced meals at appropriate intervals boosts your metabolism's efficiency. For most people, about 30% fat, 40% carbohydrate, and 30% protein from quality food sources is ideal. Quality food sources include lean proteins, fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Efficiently balanced meals support a healthy metabolism. Next, your basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of energy you expend at rest. In other words, the amount of calories you need just to exist. It's calculated according to gender using your height, weight, age, and body composition, which again is the amount of fat compared to muscle. And your activity level. To estimate your basal metabolic rate, multiply your body weight times 10. If you're young and active, add 500. If you're older and and, or fairly inactive, subtract 500. This is the minimum number of calories you should eat every day. For example, I weigh 210 pounds. When I multiply 210 times 10, I get a BMR, basal metabolic rate, of 2,100. Because I'm 26 and very active, with a low body fat percentage, I add 500 to that sum for a daily total of 2,600 calories. My dad weighs 230 pounds, so his BMR, basal metabolic rate, 230 times 10 is 2,300. He's older, less active, and has a higher body fat percentage, so we subtract 500 for a total daily intake of about 1,800 calories. Anytime you eat less than your basal metabolic rate, your metabolism begins to hoard calories as fat to prevent starvation. The average period for digestion is about three hours. Then your tank needs refueling. Anytime you skip meals, you confuse and deprive your metabolism, which encourages food cravings, binging, and poor food choices. It also throws your body into a catabolic state in which it feeds off of its muscle, not fat. If your goal is to lose weight, Divide your BMR, basal metabolic rate, into five equal meals scheduled about three hours apart. Eat an appropriate fat-carb-protein balance at each meal, and your metabolism will happily work hard to bring you to your ideal weight. 
when you exercise daily, you can and should increase your caloric intake. Balancing calories taken in with calories burned, for most people, an average one-hour workout will burn 300 to 400 calories. By taking control of your metabolism with proper nutrition and exercise, you support your body's natural ability to maintain good health. In time, your metabolism will recover and resume working at full vigor. But the damage from highly restrictive diets is not all physical. You always go into the first diet encounter with 100% confidence that it will work and with strong dedication to the plan. But when that diet fails, you approach your next one with more hesitation and more doubt. And because you're not fully committed, you won't get that much out of it. Why not go about it the right way the first time? When you consistently eat the correct amount of calories for your body with an appropriate breakdown of fats, carbs, and proteins, your metabolism responds by burning that fuel more efficiently. Then when you increase your exercise, you lose weight, you lose body fat, and you gain strength in bone and muscle. Start from where you are right now. If it's too late to do it right the first time, do you just give up and head for the Cheesecake Factory? No way! I have some good news for you. Even if you've done the yo-yo dance with metabolism for years, you can restart and retrain it. The two things you'll need in abundance are, number one, patience. It took time and periods of binging or deprivation to upset your metabolism, and it will take time to undo the damage. Start the process with a commitment to slow and steady improvement. Number two, discipline. Retraining your metabolism to operate at peak efficiency involves balancing your energy expenditure with your food intake. When you apply fitness strategy number four, enrolling your metabolism to work for you by fueling your body the way it wants to be fueled, you'll never again even think the word diet. Retraining your metabolism is not hard. But it is tricky. In the next chapter, I'll show you how to do it right. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. Johann Wolfgang von Goh. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast, where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.